Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Adventures in Careerland. I'm Adriano Magnifico. I'm the career consultant in the Lure Real School Division. And I'm here with season four of Adventures in Careerland. Yes, it's lasted that long. We thought it might last half an episode, but we've done, we've done the extraordinary. We've moved this podcast into the 40 podcast range. We're very close. So we're beginning season four. And of course, we broadcast live. Well, live right now, you'll listen to this one day, maybe in your car, far, far away in a, in, in a galaxy. This will be our season four. I'm, ext- I'm, I'm excited. It's just uh, with a new group of student producers. And we lost our last producers, which makes me very sad. I don't know if you've been following us so carefully, you eight or nine people out there. But we've started with Lily and Isabella, and they did a great job for the first season. And then we continued with zoe and akira and they helped us out in season two and three and they've gone on to bigger and better things off to the working world with this incredible set of skills they've garnered from the broadcast media program in the louis riel arts and tech center and that's where we are we're in the broadcast media program again and we have two new students and what a delight to have these two students they're smart they're interesting they're in grade 11 and they will be the student producers for the next year maybe the next two years Maybe they'll just decide they want to throw everything away and just continue in the podcast. Maybe we'll do it from their basement one day. We don't know, but now we are with them. And these people are CJ Campbell from Glenlawn. And CJ is one of our producers. CJ, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm I'm always good. You know what? If there's darkness in a room, I will try to find that light. And today I see these two bright lights in front of me. I'm excited. So CJ, the big question, this is your first podcast. What did you have for breakfast today? What I had for breakfast? I think I just had yogurt and a coffee. Oh, that's kind of boring, right? Yeah. And uh, what I had for breakfast was spectacular. I had to ask because I had a cinnamon bun. Oh, those are good. Oh, cinnamon buns are my passion. I can eat a cinnamon bun, a sticky cinnamon bun. I don't like the, oh gosh, I don't like the cream all over them. I just like the sticky cinnamon and sugar. And I like it as it rolls down my esophagus <laughs> and just fills my soul with wonder and delight. So I had a cinnamon bun. So CJ, welcome to this. Thank you. You're part of the journey. Yep. And I'm excited to have you on board. And of course, we have our other podcast, Yvon Boisjoli. And I love French guys. I called you Yvon. You called me Yvon, which is my dad's cousin. And that's because <laughs> I know him. So this is Andre okay, okay. Boisjoli. That's fantastic. And it's my subtle way of trying to get Yvonne to the program one day, right? <laughs> yeah. Just to remind us. Anyway, he works for Bold. Yeah, yeah. Big company in Winnipeg. Winnipeg's Google. Bold. Mm. Yeah. And uh, Andre, this is your time. It is. What did you have for breakfast this morning? Um, well, it was pretty simple. I had a coffee, black, which CJ to this day doesn't understand but the thing is, I, I do take creamer. I cheat sometimes. It's, it's not a bad thing to put some creamer in your coffee sometimes. But So, CJ, I think we're discovering something. This guy has <laughs> lied right out of the – right. Uh, he's prevaricated right out of the gate where he says he drinks black coffee, 
But he secretly puts cream in sometimes, it. Sometimes, sometimes. On rare occasions. I'm not completely against it. But the thing is, CJ doesn't understand why I would drink black coffee at all. So it's it's quite strange. You know what amazes me with you two right now? That you even drink coffee. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't even drinking coffee at your age. Really? Grade 11. Come on. Like, that's the way the world's gone, right? We didn't drink coffee. We snuck Coca-Colas and stuff like that. <laughs> We weren't drinking coffee. Our parents drank coffee. This has become such a ubiquitous drink now in the world for anyone to drink. Yeah. Although I must say, my mom used to give me a little coffee when I was a little kid. Maybe that's why I'm hooked on it. But it wasn't coffee. It was latte macchiato. Mm. It was like uh, milk coffee. It was milk with a little bit of coffee in it. I used yeah. to dip my toast in it. Mm. Dip your toast. Oh, it's delicious. She used to cut them into little strips. Mom, I'm, I'm looking up to the sky right now. And look at this. Giving my mom a beautiful kiss because she used to take care of me that way and give me little treats like that. Yeah. Anyway, welcome, Andre and CJ. And you're going to be the producers. And it's my, honestly, it's my privilege to have your skill, your ability, your insight, and your youthful Generation Z perspectives on my baby booming mindset. <laughs> All right. And I, I urge you to question anything I, I say and to um, bring me to the harsh reality of what's going on in your life. Happy to do that. And of course, our whole podcast is about careers and stories and about what young people do on their paths and what they figure out, what decisions they make, uh, what challenges they endured, what went wrong, how did they fix it, who did they meet to help them on the journey. And of course, that's going to be part of your journey. So we always like to begin our podcast with our producers. And so our guest for this podcast is Andre. Are you ready for this? I am ready. Yeah. How, how exciting. And Andre, you're from, you're, you are a French student from the DSFM, as we mm. say in Manitoba. That's the Francais school division. Yeah. And what, what school are you from? Um, so I go to Gabicole Régional Gavrédois, which mm. is in Ile de Chêne. And, lo and look at the way, he, just listen to the way he said that. <laughs> Very I, French sounding. He's, it sounded like a song. <laughs> a song, really. It sounded like Gavrédois. And of course, as a, I'm a master of English as part uh -huh. of my, my gig, we read Gabriel Roy's mm -hmm. stories in English, translated yeah. in English. Uh, the, was it the tin flute? The tin flute was what, yeah. what everybody reads in the old days. And it was, it's a spectacular story. Uh, it's converted into a Canadian movie, a forgettable Canadian movie, I guess. Mm. And, and I, I'll never forget a story called Where Nests the Water Hen. I read that in graduate English studies. It just, she's an amazing writer. Mm -hmm. So you come to a school and I think Gabriel Roy's house is on, is in St. Boniface somewhere. It is in St. Boniface, yeah. yeah on, on a little street somewhere uh, called, uh, I don't remember. It begins with a D. Demeron? De Was it, or is it? And again, <laughs> I think the street is off. The St. Boniface street called, as we called it. I, I grew up in the era. I don't know. Desmurins. That's the way we called it. Of course, he's Demeron. <laughs> because French people have a different word for everything, right? Well, it's just the French Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so tell us about life at Gabriel Roy, because mm -hmm. uh, my real connection to Gabriel Roy is just that street when I was growing up. And her house is a museum on that street in St. Boniface, I believe. It is, yeah. It's amazing. Have you ever gone to visit it? I, I haven't, no. Okay. It's just a regular house on the street. But it forms the sensibility. What I love is you see the house and you wander around. You're thinking about a, a young girl, French-Canadian or French-Manitoban, Francophone girl, mm -hmm. And her mind being developed and she's turning into a writer. What turns her into that great writer? What turns her into this person with such a sense of wordplay and sensibility and aesthetics that becomes this incredible national writer? 
uh, amazing international writer. Yeah. Amazing stuff. So tell me, Gabriel Roy, you've chosen, you're in grade 11. Both of you are in grade 11, correct? Yeah. Mm. So you're in Gabriel Roy taking regular courses and the school system's pretty basic. It goes from K to 12. There's nothing much that deviates in the system in this context. It's organized in the same way. Yeah. It's organized around buzzers, uh, especially when you're in high school now, right? You'll, you'll finish a class with its content. You hear the buzzer, you go to the next class. Hear the next buzzer. And that's the way the system works. Now, that just becomes the way we do things, right? Someone comes into the building, your buildings in high school, and says, I have an alter alternative for you. And you listen to it. Why would you leave the beaten path? and come to the broadcast media program here. And because the broadcast media is one of 13 programs in the Arts and Technology Center here, I always think this one's the gem because the skill sets you get here and the personal development and transferable skills, and some people call them soft skills, training that you get here along with academic programs, for me is off the chart. The things that are gonna happen to you are gonna be amazing. You're, there's gonna be growth in you. You won't even be able to measure. You'll just become these confident, powerful, very digital, very smart, very problem-solving type of people because of what Mr. P and that's Mr. Plaintnik, who runs this program, inflicts upon you. And at times it's going to be super busy. And I love it. That, I love it when you're in that frying pan and it gets all messy. So it's never really explained to you that way. But when you heard broadcast media presented to you at Gabriel Roy, what went through your head? Well, actually, I think the first time I heard about... ATC was we had a badminton tournament uh, with our school and the badminton tournament was just in the gym over here in uh, at ATC and there was some pamphlets that I saw and I think this was back maybe in eighth grade or something like that and uh, they had different programs and the great thing is is because I'm a student of the DSFM like a partner school it was offered to me for free you could say right so I was like, oh, well, that's great. Like, so I looked into it. I took some pamphlets and kind of forgot about it. And then I think in 10th grade, 10th grade, grade, tenth grade, grade 10. Yeah. And in 10th grade, uh, we had a presentation and I was like, oh, now I remember. Okay. And then I had done some work with uh, Radio Canada in the past, just doing some little um how do you call that? Just th so basically how it would work is they wanted to have a kid who kind of was telling people, you know, what happened around in like the Franco. Uh, so you were doing kind of a community. newscast. You're doing yeah, kind of a news broadcast a bit, about a bit. human kind of human. What's going on a sure. life in the day. Yeah. And if there people. was any events going on in like rural Manitoba or something like that. So that's where so I you were on started. Uh, yeah. Radio Canada doing that. Yeah. In French, yes. Oh, well, Francaise. Yeah, it's French. It's totally French right there, yeah. right? Like we have French immersion in L'Oreal, mm -hmm. but there's English in those French immersion schools. It's a combo of English and French, mostly French, because the parents are supposed to speak English, or mm -hmm. that's why they don't speak French. So stuff has to go home in English mm -hmm. so they understand. In your, in your household, there's people who speak French. Yeah, both of my parents speak both your French. Parents speak Always French. grew up in French. My grandparents speak French on both sides, yeah. right? It's just part of the family, yeah. So do you have, um, I'm thinking Christmas now because I had a mm. friend, a dear friend, my friend Paul. Uh, he used to invite me to Réveillon. Uh, do you have a Réveillon? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Tortières? Tortières, uh, cabbage rolls sometimes. Oh, gosh. Uh, my grandma, she'll make, uh, in French, it's called des boulettes, uh, des which, boulettes. which is... 
trying to find the word in English. You would know it. Uh, those little, the meatballs and uh, gravy. Uh, well, let's meat- call them meatballs and gravy. I think that's a great term. But isn't, doesn't everybody have that? Meatballs and gravy <laughs> on their potatoes? <laughs> Not everybody, but it's, it's a common kind of dish. Yeah. 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 Meatballs with gravy. Spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. With the tortilla. That's a lot tortilla. of meat. You like your meat. <laughs> I guess so. Um, and then, yeah, so cabbage rolls, all sorts of things. Sometimes the croissant. And, and, well, the croissant. Yeah. Always croissant. Did you do that at midnight? Uh, In my day, they did it at midnight. You know, I think when we were younger, we used to do it at midnight. But, you know, as as my grandparents got well, older, you could say, you and know. people are falling asleep, right? Exactly. Right in their exactly. tortilla, right? Their yeah. head right in their tortilla, Yeah, exactly. Right? They're so, so full. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow, they're just tired, too. <laughs> From I'm eating, exhausted. yeah. There's so much food. <laughs> it's midnight. You're still eating at 2 in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Get grandpa out of the mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it also has, we have also desserts. It's always important. You know, you can have a good lemon meringue pie or cherries. In oh, like, delicious. Uh, delicious. Yeah, yeah. Spectacular. Yeah. So, no, I really remember that, Revillon. So you're very close to your French culture. If, yeah, I would say so. Well, that's fantastic. And I love that you kept your French up. I'm telling you, my children went through French immersion and mm-hmm. there have been opportunities that have developed in their lives because of their ability to speak French. So would you say your French is better than your English? Uh, not as, necessarily. As you search for words to express your French right in front of me, yeah. would you say? It probably is, like, because you speak it all the time. But, yeah. But you're fluent in both. I get it. Yeah. But uh, don't ever lose either. Like, those are spectacular oh, yeah. pieces yeah. to have. And plus, it wires your brain. Poor CJ only speaks English, right? Um, I actually went to French school when I was younger. <laughs> what happened? Like French immersion or DSFM? French immersion. Okay. Well, when did you leave that? Uh, around grade five, I think. Why? Because my parents didn't speak French and they couldn't help me with the homework. That's what happens. My, and my kids, I spoke a little bit of French, but more Italian. Mm -hmm. So I could get them through. If the kids didn't pick it up for me well enough, I had one student or one student, one son who just couldn't pick it up the same way. And it was just getting hard. I was doing so much homework. It was, I've never learned so much doing grade nine and 10 homework. But it was just your brain's hurting trying to translate where you don't have to translate. You're working effortlessly in both languages. It's spectacular. So do you speak a little French then, CJ? I know some basics. Yeah, like if I had to hold a conversation, if someone asked me for directions or something, they're probably good. Tout droit. <laughs> Straight ahead. Isn't that what I said? I, think I don't even said, know what I said. Yeah, you could say tout droit or you could say à la droite, which is yeah. right. Yeah. À la sinestre, or which is left. À la what? Sinestre. Oh, that's, that's Italian. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. I don't know what to do. That would be gauche. 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 Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, uh, I'm lapsing into other languages. I'm an old man. <laughs> Never forget that I'm a baby boomer and an old man. And uh, I may, in this nice plate of mashed potatoes, Mash. just fall f- face first into them at any time during this podcast. They're so delicious. <laughs> anyway, when you were at Gabriel Roy, what kinds of programs were you taking? Before they came with this presentation to join the broadcast media program, what were you getting into? What were you enjoying? Mm-hmm. What well, connected to you? Well, I was taking most of the basic programs, obviously. I took an electrical program at MITT. Oh, was, very good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they have that program for DSFM. They kids, do. Right? They do. Yes. And I think it was electrical and like woodworking. I took cooking. <laughs> uh, so, it was okay. So, so do you like working with your hands or your kinesthetic kind of person? Your hands? Yeah, but I also think I'm a more kind of visual person. I like to learn visually. 
Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. So you like to see things. Yeah. Exactly. You like to see things in front of you. Yeah. That's good. So you took the academic programs like everybody takes. Did mm -hmm. they tell you to make sure you take the three sciences? I mean, keep your options open because I knew I I know that I wouldn't go into anything like into the sciences or even a doctor or nothing like that. I didn't take it. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah because I, I in my mind I was like, well, maybe I'm going to take an arts program when I get university. We'll see. And obviously, well, ATC showed up and I well, that's a great path to and to see where I go. I know that probably in the future, I want to go maybe into the media industry, probably. What kind? I don't know. Journalist, a producer, could really be anything, but we'll see. Well you, well, you get to explore that here a bit, Yeah, right? exactly. Which is good. And this podcast, you guys are kind of producing a podcast here. Mm -hmm. So so this is neat. But you're going to be producing lots of pieces here in your two years. You're only grade 11, so you're here for this semester, and then you're here for the next semester as well. So what did you try out there that wasn't an academic program in Gabriel Roy? An extracurricular, we call them. Okay. What's the word en français? <laughs> An extra class. Yeah, extra class. <laughs> class extra. Class extra, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love just how everybody's voice gets different. Class extra. <laughs> it's beautiful. This language is like a song. It's like Italian. Well, yeah. in French, we speak... Que successo. Like in Italian. It's just yeah. a beautiful language. Right? Well, at home, I'll speak like franglais, English, and French. It makes it both. Franglais? Yeah, that's what we call it. That's what we call it. Yeah. That means it's a combo of both. Like yeah. you're so immersed in both, your brain connects pieces of them together. Yeah. Interesting. And sometimes you make up words that are maybe the origin of the word is English, but you'll add like an A at the end. And that's a dialect thing. It is. It it's, is. it's a total dialect thing because yeah. uh, when I was when I was in Italy and I was um, I went to school in Italy for a bit and I'd go to the deep south or I'd go to Naples or something. They'd be talking to me and I thought I knew how to talk in Italian mm -hmm. or converse. I don't know what they were saying to me. And then somebody told me, well, they have different words for things down here. I went, what? What the heck? Italian's Italian, isn't it? No. So I speak a dialetto romano, a Roman dialect, mm. another one. And there's, and there's very different, like you guys do, right? Amazing. Now, you, you mentioned to me you took band at one point. I did take band at one point. Why did you even try band? Is that the only elective? Uh, no, it's not. But I took band because, well, obviously, I, I would class myself as a pretty creative person. You know, I played what, guitar, piano. Do you still play all those? I do, yeah. Okay, okay. And I was like, okay, well, I think band is an obvious choice to take. I tried out saxophone. I wasn't great, <laughs> but the support I got from my teacher was outstanding. She was a super great teacher. I tried to sign up for it again. And I don't think there was a, enough students that signed up for the, the second year. So sadly, I, I didn't well, get Well, that to breaks your heart, yeah. doesn't it? You it, finally it, get it going. Because that takes practice. If you want to get good at something, you have to practice. Yeah. You've got to get good at it, right? And that's where, as an older guy like me, I'm thinking, how, far, how long, if I want to learn something, how long do I want to be on the learning journey at my, at your age? I'd be sucking it up like mm -hmm. a sponge. But- at my age, I'm thinking, ah, I'll get you guys to produce this podcast. I don't have to learn how to do all the technical stuff anymore. I don't want to learn it. doesn't matter to me. I guess life is short. Yeah. And I think just to get back on track. Oh, yeah. I took Spanish, though. I guess. But I didn't retain any of it. It wasn't really my passion or anything like that. I knew there was other students who, who were trying to really immerse themselves, you know, changing their computer language to Spanish or something like that. <laughs> but I was like, ah, it's not but, really my thing. But that's okay. But exactly. Yeah. You discover that's not your yeah, thing, and you yeah. don't want to do it. Yeah, and and that's totally okay. But their Spanish will be in huge demand down the road. Yeah, and as you know, our neighbors to the south of us, 
become more and more Spanish. I think Spanish is almost their second language now down there. This will be an enormous advantage for whomever you work. And when you want to make contacts on that side of the border, expand a business. Businesses only expand when you export, right? If you just work in your own little mom and pop store, you might survive. But if you really want to get big, you have somebody in the team. I suspect someone at Bold knows Spanish pretty well. Yeah, probably. Probably. Okay. Anyway, you played a little hockey, you told me at one point, yeah. in a rec league, and you're a big Winnipeg Jet fan. Yeah. Which is kind of odd. Is anyone in your family like the Montreal Canadian? No. You're totalement en français. Qu'est-ce que c'est? <laughs> well, yeah, when you're grown Franco Manitoban, it's almost an obligation to like the Habs, to support them. I know lots of people, even teachers, that, you know, they support the Habs just because they're French. I guess it's just it's just a French thing. I, I mean, personally, <laughs> I'm not a big fan. They're okay as a team. You know, they're not bad. They're awful right now. Yeah, they're exactly. Awful, okay? So just, you know, why not support the Jets? It's a local team. boy, You're a homer. I like that. You told me you had a very interesting job where you work for La Liberté. Yeah. The, Which the, is neat, right? As a, as a grade 10. Yeah. And they actually gave you real assignments. Tell us what La, Li, La Liberté is first and just tell us what kind of job they gave you and some of the things you did. Yeah. So La Liberté is located in Saint Boniface and it's a weekly French newspaper. Basically, we write stories about, you know, what's happening in the French community, issues touching uh, the French community, all that stuff. So yeah, I was hired as a multimedia journalist. Well, basically what I did is I covered stories. It was crazy though. You're a grade 10 kid. You get hired as a multimedia journalist with the only French language paper, probably in Western Canada. Is that right? Uh, no, there's actually, there are actually, yeah, in okay. Saskatchewan and BC. Of course, of course. Of course yeah. Of course. Okay. How do you, how does that, how does a grade 10 get hired to actually do that kind of work? Well, I think my Radio Canada work obviously was a big thing in it. I also did. How, know, what grade were you in when you did the Radio Canada stuff? I think I was still in 10th grade. Okay. So but that happened all in a year. That, that it did. It, yeah, it did all happen in a year. It went by super fast though. It doesn't feel like a year. This was like, this was last year. I guess so. You yeah. built a network <laughs> in grade 10 yeah. of people in that industry. Yeah. And they saw you at work, which is such a powerful message about go demonstrate your skill. Find the experience and go demonstrate it and get involved in it. So that connected you to La Liberté. And yeah, and I had done some freelance work too. Other freelance work for Radio Canada, like some promo stuff. Actually, a couple weeks later, after I did one particular promo stuff, it was for the CGP, a Conseil Jeunesse Provincial, the French Youth. Or whatever you said, the, the Jeunesse. Yeah, the, the Franco-French Youth. Yes committee thing anyways awesome. so it was for a fundraiser and i had done that it was i had to do it alone because they didn't have any cameramen available i had talked with the person at radio canada and they're like yeah i tried to get a cameraman it's really hard to get a cameraman right now because they're all off at the olympics <laughs> and <laughs> and you need to cover the other stories so if you have a phone or a camera, you know, go out, shoot it. If you have a tripod, that's great. I'll give you a shotgun microphone. And it was convenient. She lived in Ile des Chênes, so I, I went and picked it up. So I had a camera of my own, a nice consumer, pro-consumer camera. I recorded it. Uh, I sent it off. So she says, great. It looks amazing. Then a couple of weeks later, I got a phone call from their news director. 
who told me she really liked my work, that they were they had an eye on me. If I wanted to take a tour when COVID was over, I would be totally accepted. So that's really, I think, where I really got the connections over there. And to the fiance of my uncle, she worked. She well, she she's still fiance, but she but she worked at uh, La Liberté. And she had saw the work that I'd done. So she's like, yeah, if you want to come and work for us, we have, we're, we're hiring young people to come and work. If you want to come. That sounds like an amazing piece that when I do career development work with young adults, mm-hmm. I always talk about what's your network. You've already started developing a network in this industry. Would you say that those experiences with Radio Canada were more of an impetus to joining this broadcast media program? Did that make you think, this is where I want to go. This is where I want to explore. Well, I think I had discovered the broadcast media program before I did the radio. So this was all kind of simmering in you. It was, yeah. These pieces were all coming together, but they're coming together because of your good fortune. What is it? Fortune favors the brave or something? What did Matt Damon say in the commercial? So it just means you're working towards spaces. You're gravitating towards spaces that seem to have some of these common elements. Yeah. And now they're coming to fruition in this larger space with all this training. Mm -hmm. That's a really neat path you're doing to yourself. Most kids just sit in their classrooms. You get that. They go through the high school gig, get their 30 credits. They're being told to get their three sciences to keep your options open, which I did, by the way. I've never used a science or never taken (laughs) another science course in my life. And my real interest was in writing and aesthetics and humanities and all that kind of stuff. And that's why I gravitated later in life towards that never did materialize in the early parts of my life. I was told as a young person in high school, you can write. And they showed my writing to editors. I didn't think anything of it, moved on. And now I write for magazines and now I write for different organizations. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that was even a skill. I could be really good. I'm just average now because it takes practice. It takes a lot of practice to get good at something. That's why I admire a great guitar player. I get the thousands of hours that went into playing that stuff and getting good at it. So what kind of hours do you think you want to put into something right now? What, what do you want to get good at is the big piece. Yeah. I, I don't know. And that's okay. And I, I'm not putting you in the spot, mm-hmm. even though I am. Uh, <laughs> it's an important thing to think about because you're gravitating to things, right? Mm-hmm. And you want to get good at things. The better you get at things, the more people notice you, just like someone called you from Radio Canada and said, hey, we've seen something you've done. Would you come and talk to us? That's amazing. Yeah. So congratulations on that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that, thanks. That doesn't happen to a great 10 in this world to get noticed to do something like that. So what kind of job did you do? What kind of writing or work or radio work did you do with Radio Canada? Well, Radio Canada, it was a, it was a small gig. It, it was on their like ride to home show. And they would call me around 4 or 5 p.m. Before that, I would prep a little script of what I was going to talk about, activities that I wanted to mention. And then, yeah, so they called me. I talked with the host. We had like a back and forth conversation. It usually lasts about 10 minutes. And then I did that every two weeks. Up to this day, sometimes they'll call me to do little spots about, you know, oh, how is school uh, with the COVID restrictions or how is school after COVID restrictions are gone? No, they're being brilliant though, because they're getting a person right on the floor of high school in the middle of a COVID thing, instead of a reporter trying to find somebody. Yeah. I mean, that's quite brilliant on their part because they've got an agent, a double agent right in the building (laughs) who's going to school, doing the regular school gig, but during COVID and acting as a reporter. 
So those those um, those Radio Canada guys, they're quite brilliant. Now you did an investigative piece. You told me I did once. talk about that one for with a second. La Liberté. So yes. that was one of my articles. So that piece consisted of nails that were found on a highway near the floodway in St. Norbert on, on St. Mary's. And it had been going on for about a couple of years, I think. A Facebook page had formed. People were reporting that they were getting nails all the time on that little stretch of road. So lots of flat tires. Yeah, exactly. Lots of flat tires. And I Googled, you know, did anybody make a story on this? I'm curious, you know, who is this? Is, it, is this a person? Is this falling off a truck? Yeah, exactly. Are these nails falling off a construction truck? I don't know. To do a stakeout? I didn't do a okay. stakeout. I, just, I wanted to. I'm trying to turn it into a TV series yeah, yeah, yeah. or something, Sa- right? Sadly, okay. didn't get that excited. <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, oh, maybe she, you know, cameras there. We should. No, it didn't happen. But they can't give you a camera. Yeah. For the most part, you want to set up cameras around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The perimeter <laughs> and then stakeout. No, <laughs> but scenes. but I had the ch- <laughs> yeah, I had the chance to talk with some government officials. Uh, Ron Schuller. 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 Yeah, Schuller. Uh, I had the chance to talk to the mayor of Richat because where it's happening, basically Winnipeg's border is like a couple meters on the right. Richat's border is also a couple meters. Pretty tight borders, what you're saying. pretty tight borders where this is happening, right? Yes. So I talked to, yeah, the mayor of Richat, and then I talked to the that, the local MLA who represented that region. Yeah, sure, yeah. And then I got in contact with the RCMP to see, you know, how many times. How many had, flats? Flats. Had happened. Any major accidents though? No. Like, like if you're going at a high speed there and you get a flat, sometimes you No, car there wasn't here. any major accidents. Especially if it's slippery. But there was, I think there was about like, he said, yeah, in the past couple of months, there's been like 10 plus reports at that location. And then I had the chance to talk to someone local who, who lived nearby. He was actually a roofer, so he could identify the nails. Oh and, my gosh. Yeah, I know. It's got exciting. He's like, it's yeah. CSI. These, yeah, exactly. He's like, these are roofing nails. These are nails. These are just like normal screw nails. Um, there was also like, for instance, like metal junk that was found on the roads too, like locks. So it was a variety. It was not a variety just... of metals. But I think the main metal that was found was Any Molotov nails. cocktails? Any, no, no. Any, there any was kind of bullet yeah. shelly yeah. shells or anything like that? And there's also all sorts of theories going on on this Facebook page. His theory was... This, this, it gets interesting <laughs> that the bridge in St. Adolphe, when that was closed in 2009 because it had collapsed, people were taking St. Mary's to get into St. Adolphe and there was a lot of traffic going on St. Mary's. He thinks there's someone who lives nearby. I don't know how, how this stands up, but he thinks that there's someone who lives nearby who doesn't like the amount of traffic that's on St. Mary's and who's putting nails there to deter people dun, dun, dun. yeah exactly <laughs> dj and i are on bated breath we're on the edge of our seats <laughs> so what ultimately did you write in there what well, did people get from your article did uh, you solve the mystery investigative I reporter did not. i did not solve the mystery but okay. i mean i got the information i'm like well the mayor says that they're thinking of putting cameras but because of security issues they're not going to put cameras and they're kind of going to you know leave it on oh, the geez. side of the table. So CJ I'm a little disappointed. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah, it sounded like a full and then, beginning but, of a crime but scene. they're going to have yeah. some more uh security there if like municipal enforcement. That's uh, so funny having security over a couple nails on <laughs> yeah. the road. Oh, but he also said you, you know he was the, the mayor he was a nice guy he says you know he says he had offered his number to the residents, you know, if they, there was ever a problem to call him and he would call the highway department. Oh, yeah. And the highway department, I'd also talked to them. They just gave me a whole, you know, just a, a paragraph that coffee pasted off of some, 
you know, press release. And like, yeah, we... So, they were hiding something. I, <laughs> I don't know, but... Oh my gosh, what have you discovered? This may be the biggest scandal that ever lived. I, <laughs> who knows? I don't know. But it really uh, sounds like a murder mystery or something. A murder so. mystery from some nails. Well, they, they specifically... <laughs> What's your theory placed? on this? <laughs> hey, they're going to find some bodies in the spring melt, okay? that's Then it's really going to take off the way we want it to take off. Yeah. Anyway, that's an amazing story. You know what's amazing to me? That they entrusted you to go write this story. This sounds like a pretty big, a big human interest story about where all these nails coming from. Yeah. Talking with the RCMP too and the mayor and everything. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. You're right. So the hardest thing of an investigative story is coming up with the right questions, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the hard part. Like it who is. did this? When did they do it? Why did they do it? Who's coming along this street? Yeah. And for you to even get into the minutiae minutia of all the you know, the type of nails there are. That says something about you. You have this little attention to detail. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool about what you did. Where did you find the roofer that you were talking about? Uh, well, he was a local resident. He was pretty active on the Facebook page. And he lives nearby. Like his house is just a couple meters from like where it's happening. <laughs> this sounds suspicious. No. Anyway. No. So what you've discovered is that you really enjoy the investigative part of this. Yeah. Do you like going into a story and asking the questions and getting oh, yeah. into um, finding out the details and the details lead to more answers totally. and they probably lead to more though questions, Questions, right? exactly. And so that's, that's part of the fun of the whole broadcast media piece. Yeah. My son said something really interesting to me. He works for Price Industries and he says, the biggest difference between going to school and going to work. So you were going to work there. Mm -hmm. That's a work. Thing. It was a nine to five yes, job. You were going to work. And he said the biggest difference, and he works in air quality control and different pieces. He's, a, he's an engineer at Price. The biggest issue the of the difference and the learning that has to go on when you, you go to school, high school, and then maybe mm -hmm. university, he was an engineering program and going to work for an engineering company is nobody gives you the questions anymore. You have to come up with your own questions. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest thing he learned. And I thought that's really great advice and a great piece of information for students. So you always get the math question in class. In his work, he has to figure out what the math question is and identify the problem. Because people come to him often with something to solve. And his point to me was, it's my son Alec, he says, they're asking the wrong question, usually. And his job is to figure out what the actual question is most of the time. If you can do that at this age, in this space as a broadcast media student, you will be in hot demand because the world's full of problems to solve as long as you know what they are and where they are, and then think about ways to solve it. The biggest issue for me all the time is, and I like what you're doing, Andre, you're on a good road here, and it sounds like you're on a really neat path to discovering about yourself and your potential. And you've had some crazy experiences there where you're discovering pieces of yourself. You're not even, you're still trying to figure out what they mean and how you're going to move forward with them. That's good stuff. I always say to students, that's fantastic. Never even worry about where that's going. Just follow it and let your nose. Some people say you have to follow your passion. I'm not about passion. Just follow your nose <laughs> like a bunny. Okay. Did I make the bunny nose? <laughs> you did. Yeah. Okay. Follow your nose and watch where it takes you based on curiosity and insight and things where you're interested. You're on that path. I really like that you're on that path. You're following your nose and keep following it. The fact that you chose this, all your buddies are still at Gabriel Roy. What left them all there? Why did you come here? You followed your nose. 
There's something interesting about this. You've had other connections. You've had other pieces. You're beginning to, we talk about in this program all the time, collecting dots. You collect them so that you can connect them later. And that was uh, our, our last uh, podcast host said it, it drove him nuts, but he, he got it at the end because all the dots he collected, boy, he sounded really focused and purposeful by the end of it because the reflection of those dots you collect leads you to spaces that are purposeful and a really neat fit for you in clusters at work. So it's really neat. Didn't mean mm -hmm. to pontificate on that. You're the first guy. You're the first guest. How exciting is that? Hey, and just a last thing. Any mentors in your life? Um, any people had a big influence on you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, my dad, you know, he, I think he's the one who drove me more into, because I'm also interested in politics, and politics kind of goes with news and stuff. Gosh, we didn't even get to that. But no, we did That's connected to journalism. That's connected is, to the broadcast media industry, right? Yeah. So that's something down the road to think about, too. Uh, my dad, obviously, the people at Liberty, yes. who, you know, taught. That's a lot of confidence they're showing in you. Yeah. Let's send the kid out. I mean, sometimes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, without the camera, like that's, that's <laughs> yeah. crazy to me, yeah. but it shows how much they trust you. That's mm -hmm. an amazing thing. You're already developing and building trust. Boy, that's an amazing thing at your age. Keep and, it going. Yeah. And obviously the people at La Liberté, lots of <laughs> editing had to go into my work, obviously. Yep. My first time, you know, writing stuff. By the end, I got better. I improved greatly, you know, in my French writing skills, always something that I'd like to improve on. Well, you have to. The beauty yeah, exactly. of that is students learn. Like you people will learn this. When you have to do it and there's a purpose for it, you're amazed at how suddenly good you can get at things. Yeah. I was working with a student. They said he can't read very well, but he'd like to work on cars. But he had to look up car manuals. It's funny how quickly that kid learned how to read a card manual yeah. because he was so interested in working on the car and he needed the manual information, which is a bookish kind of thing. It's not just a one pager. Half the time these things are big when you're working on a car with you know 8,000 parts. When you're interested in something, it's amazing how quickly you become good at it, how quickly you learn it, and how quickly the student builds confidence. For me, the, the superpower is confidence all the time. So it sounds like you guys are building confidence, especially you, Andre. You're building some confidence. And you got some mentors. If you were... Looking back, if you were in your class back at Gabriel Roy, what cheap advice would you give to those people in those in, in those desks? Cheap advice? <laughs> about about how to how to move forward and, and to yeah. work your path a bit. Yeah. I mean, I know lots of students are are they're scared about their financial situation when they get out of school. That's I'm a like, huge one. I ask exactly. students all the time. Yeah. The number one issue for students is money. Mm -hmm. Right? Well, what would you say to them about that issue? Uh, well, I would say just don't focus your career on how much money you're going to make. Don't become a lawyer just because you're going to make money. Like you can become a lawyer if you're really passionate about it. There are people who, who love lawyering, who love the law. And if you're into that, do it. But don't do it just because you want money. Because, yeah, you'll have the money in life but you won't necessarily be happy with the career choices. You can have a better quality of life if you choose a path that you like or, or maybe a path that maybe you, you actually have interest in. You'll just be happier with your life in the long run. And I think that's what, that's what matters. Oh, what, listen yeah. to you. CJ, he sounds like an old man. I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> He's with, been in the path forever. With those wise words. <laughs> wise, wise words. That's right. Wisdom. I like that. So that's, that's awesome. yeah, that's my cheap advice. Yeah. It's cheap <laughs> advice. It is. It is cheap advice. And there. And so next time you go back there, you have to go back there for a semester mm -hmm. at the end, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, you can pontificate. Choose the right path. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you like what you're doing. Who threw that? Who threw that at me? <laughs> I, I hope that doesn't happen. Don't to use you. the old voice, though. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't use the old voice. That's my voice. What are you talking about? The old voice. It's just there's an ageism thing going on here. I'm happy with it because I like who I am, but that's okay. <laughs> that's all okay. Hey, you know what? I've had fun. Did you guys have fun in your first podcast? I did, yeah. This is really neat. We got to know a lot about you, Andre. You're the mm -hmm. producer. And next week in podcast two of season four, we're going to talk to CJ. Yeah. So you put a little pressure on CJ because uh, of all these interesting things you've done. But I have no doubt she will have an interesting life to share with us as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for our podcast. Season four, podcast number one of Adventures in Careerland. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Uh,